Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host with the most, Hemahemuli Jr. And joining me as always is the local lovable Canuck himself, Mr. Zach Hicken. I am uh, I'm back. And guess what? What? You know my green card updated this week. <laughs> like I, I, I got a new green card this week. It's exciting. You hear that, Ice? So just lay off. So I He's mean, legal. <laughs> immigration has a lot of other things to be concerned about right now, <laughs> other than me. And uh, yeah, they got it approved. I I heard you had to go through a lot of hoops. Like oh, you had to prove that like yeah you are actually with your wife and she's actually pregnant and whatever. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Um, I've obviously so I've had to go through this before. Um, two years ago, well, actually by now it was three years. We've been waiting on this for about eighteen months to get it approved. Um, but two years ago when we originally applied, um, we had to like go do like the interview with people where they like sit you down and they're, they're like, <laughs> okay, so like what side of the bed do you sleep on? Oh, and what side wow. of the bed do you sleep on? Just the stuff you see on movies. Yeah, it's like, real. Have you ever seen uh, The Proposal with like yes. Sandra Bullock? Yeah. But I love um, that movie. It literally was like that. <laughs> where like they brought us in. And so what I did is we had a big photo album of like pictures because I – started dating my wife when I was a freshman in high school. Okay. So we had a huge photo album of like everything that we've done together for years. And I just handed it over to the lady that we did the interview with and she (laughs) opened it up and she's like, Oh, you guys are like 14 in this first picture. I was like, yeah, we were high school sweethearts. And she was like, stamped it. (laughs) I thought that would be okay for the second time around. Yeah. That sounds familiar. I literally sent it all the same stuff that like we used in the interview and they're like, uh, this isn't enough. No way. So what I did is, my wife is like literally like nine months pregnant. And so like any day now we took pictures of like her ultrasound. We got copies of the ultrasound sent it in a letter from our doctor, a letter from our ecclesiastical leader. And still uh, not good. As well as like, (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding when I say this, like 150 pages of like financial documents, mortgage payments, bank uh, statements, bills, like anything that you could imagine. Wild. Insurance. Um, life insurance. So did that make it easier? Were they finally like stamp of approval? Yeah, I sent it in two weeks ago, and I got it back on Friday. Okay. So cool. So you're legal. I'm legal. <laughs> I am. Awesome. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Well, uh, God bless America, and God bless you, Zach Hicken. Um, God bless you because we've had one hell of a night. It's been it's wild. Been crazy. Like so crazy. Um, let's just break it down. This is Sports Beat After Hours, the podcast from the makers of the Sports Beat show on KSL TV Channel Five. Sundays, Saturday, and Sunday nights, we we have the Sports Beat shows, and after that is all finished, we get together and talk a little bit about stuff we liked, stuff we hated, stuff we didn't get to talk about, and uh, just whatever is on our minds. And yeah, what's on our minds right now is freaking getting into bed. Yeah, I'm so tired. Uh, I'm tired. Um, I mean, uh, and there's a reason that we do this as a podcast. I just want to throw this in there. There's a reason we aren't on TV and that this is a podcast. Um, so we're doing you guys all a favor by uh, not giving us, not giving you any video of uh, us. Our ugly mugs. Our ugly mugs. You know, we don't really get all prettied up like uh, Jer and Ron. Zippy and Jer. So, um, yeah, uh, share this with your friends though, and uh, hopefully we can keep you entertained. I mean, I think I think we had an entertaining night though. It was fun. There was a lot of games um, for us to watch, including the MLS Western Conference semifinals. Leg first one. leg, yeah, leg one. First leg at home here in Salt Lake City, RSL versus SKC. I'm more of a soccer guy than you are. I mean, that's an understatement. There, I. I think anybody who has ever played soccer is more. Now, I'm, I'm not going to throw the RSL under the bus. I actually no, sure. enjoyed the game. It was fun. Yeah. Um, and it was cool to see, like, the MLS playoff vibe. Um, it's been a while since. It's been a minute. Uh, 2014, been I think. That long? Yeah. They. I mean. Wow. So, like, 20. So, SKC, I don't know if you know too much about the rivalry. I know that they uh, Sporting Kansas City beat RSL in 2013 in the championship. Is that for, right? Yes, for the MLS Cup championship, yeah. 2013. Um, and then they also knocked us out of like the Open Cup um, in 2015, which is a big deal. I think they went mm-hmm. on to win that. that. 
Um, they also like so we played them in 2013, and then they. Then they moved them to the Western Conference, same conference as us. Wasn't there some history with the 2009 championship, the RSL one with um, SKC, or am I wrong? Uh, 2011, I think, is what you're thinking about. There was this, like, friendly match out in Arizona preseason, and this, like, fight broke out between RSL and So that's kind of where it all started. That's kind of where it all okay. started. Um, and a lot of players have bad blood. They don't like each other. Um Benny Failhaber, who's not with SKC anymore. He is with LAFC, so we played them the match before. Him and Beckerman don't like each other. I mean, it's there's a lot of history there, um, and it's all recent, actually. Like, fights, hard tackles, there's, there's there the was list a, goes there on There were some on. hard tackles tonight. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the, the RSL, so the game ended in a 1-1 tie, which is anticlimactic for the non-soccer connoisseur, I guess. Or anyone that casually watches soccer. They yeah. don't really like ties. In fact, Rod hates ties. Yeah, <laughs> it's was, pretty hilarious. It was pretty funny to get his reaction. He comes off the set after <laughs> um, recording uh, the college football breakdowns with uh, David Nixon and Stevenson Sylvester. And comes back, what happened? Oh, they finished in a tie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like, surprise. Surprise, it's soccer. Well, and what this does is it sets up a pretty complicated road now for RSL because sure. um, the tiebreaker is goals um, uh, scored on away. the road. Yeah. Right. So they at least have to score one goal now um, in order to at least force yeah. um, uh, uh like a shoot would it be a shootout yeah, it would or? be well depends on if they tie or not so the okay. interesting thing is like just a quick run out of scenarios you're absolutely right zach like uh because they tied 1-1 one, one, um in the so, second leg whatever happens they add the the goals and that's um that's the final score basically so it's okay. like they played one half of the game tonight and they play the second half on sunday which is exactly what mike pecky said right he was like, people were kind of bummed that they tied, but he's like, look, it's the first half. We still have another second half to play. Mm-hmm. And he is right. The problem is that the advantage was here at home. Right. RSL should have won, um, should have scored more goals. But because they didn't do that, if they go to SKC and they tie in like 0-0, SKC wins right. because they scored the away goal. Yeah. Um, if, they, if RSL and SKC tie 1-1 again, then away. that's when it goes to shoot. Then they that's go to shoot eventually. Yeah. But if RSL wins 1-0, they advance. Yeah. If it's 2-1, obviously, for RSL, RSL advances. And if it's 2-2 tie, RSL would advance because they'd have the more away goals. Yes. So kind of a... And, yeah, it's just... It kind, kind of a of... really weird situation. But, yeah, disappointing result to get that when you have the home field advantage. Um, it's, it's also I, disappointing, like... Because RSL, they had 67% of the ball the whole game. Wow. That's a lot of ball. Yeah. Uh, but they couldn't put it in the net, which is insane. Well, the thing that I almost think is a disadvantage um, for RSL is playing this game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, here in Utah, people aren't usually too inclined. I don't know what the capacity is for Rio Tinto. Mm-hmm. I believe the announced attendance was about 14,000, mm. which is below capacity. Yeah. Um, and I know that when Rio Tinto gets rocking, that's one of the hardest places to win at. Yeah, um, I, I do agree. But also, RSL in like recent history haven't been so great. Period. Okay. Let alone at home. Mm-hmm. Um, like for even this year, they're not super great. They're not world beaters. Like let me, SKC in the last five games, they had three wins and two draws. RSL in the last five games, they had two wins. Two losses and a draw. So if you think about it, SKC is unbeaten in the last five games, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of bad news for RSL. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's RSL, like you said, has like a pretty hard road ahead, but they could possibly get it done on Sunday. And I think uh, they'll have to pull some tricks out of their sleeves because Rusnak, one of their best midfielders, he'll be out because of yellow card accumulation. He had a yellow card tonight. He had a yellow card well, against Well, and he's LA. the one that scored the goal for yeah. Real Salt Lake tonight, so that's just absolutely killer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I, really hope that they can find a way to pull this out. Um, but, I mean, they just need to go in with a good mindset this week. Yeah. 
that this is a fresh start, that this wasn't, even though it was a disappointing loss, mm-hmm. that it wasn't, yeah. that they still have new life mm-hmm. and they need to go in with the confidence that they can go in and beat SKC on the road. Yep. And Otherwise, uh, their season's over. Yeah. And they and realistically, they only need one goal. If they yeah. go in, get one goal, stop SKC from scoring, they move on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the attitude that they got to get. I hope I hope they're not too down. Um, but, you know, it, it has been a long night, and a tie at home is kind of disappointing. So we'll see how they bounce back, quote-unquote bounce back. Another team that's looking to bounce back and literally bouncing the basketball is the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Fell to 4-5 and five last night with a 103-88 loss against the Denver Nuggets. That um, game was... Probably I had a heart attack three or four times yeah, during Denver's that game. Denver's 8-1. Denver's a good team. They are a good team. Um, what we're seeing from Utah so far, though, really struggling on defense. Two, they're 0-4 at home um, with losses to uh, uh, Golden State, two to Memphis. Um, the two to Mem- from the two losses from Memphis are killer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Golden State, at least we played them down to the wire. Yeah. Uh, the, the Memphis games weren't that great. Excuse me. They're 0-3 at home. Um, Damn. But just some of these results are really shocking because you have a, a win over the Kings on opening <laughs> night, which the Kings actually have been playing really yeah. good basketball so far this season. Um, they just uh, they are currently 6-4, and four, like one of the best starts for the Kings in years. Yeah. Um, and then... And they get the opening win on the road. Um, played... Golden State, like, really, really close. Yeah. Uh, and then beat the Rockets on the road. Yeah, at Houston. Like, which crazy. the team that completely dominated the Jazz, which I I know it's a different makeup. They didn't have uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul was out. But. And they did have some addition or subtraction by addition last year. Yeah. Or in the offseason by adding Melo. Um, and then going and beating the Pelicans on the road, like dominating the Pelicans offensively, which is of course one of the without, highest like up pace teams. But yeah, that's without, without AD. A- a- Anthony Davis. And then yeah, just I mean, I don't know. I'm just it's been frustrating. Well, it's frustrating because so Donovan is not going to play against the Raptors yeah. on Monday. Uh, Raptors are nine and one entering this game. Kawhi and, is playing like an MVP up north, and he didn't play last game. Yeah. Against the Lakers, and they still won. So we still don't know if Kawhi's going to sit out this Jazz game. We'll find out tomorrow morning. Sure. Well, I guess this morning. Yeah, it is A few hours. <laughs> <laughs> Once you guys wake up, we'll find out. Um, so no Donovan Mitchell, possibly Kawhi coming back. It doesn't look too good, man, especially on this Raptors team. That's What did you say they were? Seven? Nine and one. Nine and one. So one of the best starts for any team in the uh, NBA so far this year yeah. are the Raptors. And, yeah, it's just – the Jazz just aren't playing like the way that we expected them to. We expected really hard-nosed defense, that same defense that we saw at yeah. the end of last year. Even um, against the, the Warriors. Like, yeah. Their defense was great. Yeah. Um, considering Golden State is just dropping 50-point games from Clay Thompson back-to-back. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's I don't know what's gonna happen, but we still have like seventy two, seventy three yeah, games. No, left. T- it's not time to hit the panic right. button yet. Um, Donovan's injury isn't serious; it's a sprained ankle. Thank goodness. Yeah, because it looked awful. I was thinking Achilles rupture. Oh, and yeah, just like obviously the like worst case scenarios go through your mind, but right. uh, yeah, luckily it's just a sprain. Who knows how long his recovery will be, if it'll be well, quick. I, or... I, I feel like if this was a point where the Jazz were playing for playoff position um, down the stretch, yeah, they he would probably be playing through this. But mm-hmm. it's very early in the season. They want to keep him healthy. They want to keep him happy. Yeah. Uh, take care of him. He's their superstar. Um, and he just want, they want to make sure that he um, – you know, is taken care of in this case. I think we'll function okay. I mean, we still got Rubio. Exum's been great, like, in the I, one I and two. I think Exum has been um, the guy that I've been most impressed with coming off Absolutely. the bench. I really like the minutes that uh, George Niang's been getting. Oh, yeah. Um, he's been awesome, especially before Tabo came back. Yeah. And Jay Crowder's been playing great, too. Like, that lineup, um, like, the closeout lineup that the Jazz have, where they basically pull favors and put mm-hmm. Crowder in um, with Gobert at the at the five, 
Um, th- that lineup's been playing great. I don't know um, if that's a lineup that the Jazz are eventually are going to use as a starting lineup, but I just feel like they need there needs to be a change somehow. And if, sure. if it's a change in the starting lineup, um, I don't feel like the locker room's a negative place right now. No. But um, they just I, it's going to take some time. Something. And like I said earlier, don't hit the panic button. Um, they they have a pretty crazy week though. Um, three straight home games. Yeah, which is nice because they've been on the road for nice. a while, and that's part of the reason that this, um, the record sits at four and five. Uh, but the Jazz are playing the Mavericks on Wednesday. That should be another one with the purple. By the way, jerseys, yes, the throwback purple jerseys. jerseys. Uh, for those of you that like, if you don't know, kslsports.com is our new website that has all our sports videos and like articles that we're writing. And I've been starting to write about um, Jersey history of like certain teams. So uh, RSL SKC, I did one about them. I'm going to write once um, probably tomorrow. That's talking about the purple jerseys because I am so stoked that those are the new uh, Nike jerseys that came out this year. Um, They're going to debut them against the Mavericks on Wednesday and it's going to be freaking glorious. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Well, and that might not even – well, it definitely isn't the biggest thing that's happening well, this sure. week. Uh, Gordon Hayward's coming back on Friday. Yeah. Possibly. Well, well he's going to be in town. Sure. He didn't make the trip last year um, when he was rehabilitating from his uh, season-ending injury. Yeah. It's going to be the second night of a back-to-back for the Celtics, so he might be held out um, just to kind of give him some time to recuperate from that injury. We're seeing that more with uh, these big contract guys. That yeah have suffered injuries in previous seasons or but and honestly the Celtics don't need him really right now. Well no, he's not playing. he's not the Gordon Hayward he was before his injury. He's still yeah. working his way back. And they don't want to rush it. They don't no. need to rush it. No, there's Everyone no reason to. Fine. I mean they have a lot of really good players on their team. Um Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, which pretty much play the same position as Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Um that rotation's they, uh, yeah, killer. That rotation's killer and like those guys are gonna fill in very nicely. They yeah. did last year great. And they're going to continue doing so forward. But um, team that uh, is looking for some more production out of their new fill-in quarterback. Oh, goodness. The Utah Utes. That was awful. Oh, I felt terrible. Third quarter, Tyler Huntley, if you don't know, you probably already know because it's pretty big deal. Tyler Huntley goes down, breaks his collarbone. Is that right? What yeah, it was? His broke collarbone. his left collarbone. And uh, Utah Done. goes on to lose 38-20. to 20. Arizona State drops out of the AP top 25. They were uh, 16 in that ranking. Yeah. Um, 15 in the uh, college football playoff ranking. Those come out on Tuesday. Guessing that they're going to drop out. Still tied for the lead. But they um, don't control the their own South. But they don't control path, their own yeah. destiny. It's basically Arizona State controls its destiny. And basically, it wouldn't be November if the youths didn't find a way to choke out. Right the lead for the Pac-12 South. That's almost like a it's it's like a Death, superstition taxes and uh Utah, choking in November. Yeah, you in Utah choking in November. Yeah. Um, unfortunately cuz uh entering Saturday they had a good shot. Yeah. They needed 7 wins. They had 3 very winnable games against Arizona State, Oregon at home and Colorado. And now it's like, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Oregon is just, they're kind of, they're a power, they're the Pac 12 team, basically. One week they'll show up and then another I week they'll lose. I mean, the Pac 12 has freaking... been eating itself alive this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. You see, like, a team make a significant jump in the rankings. Yeah. And then they're losing the next week, um, which is really unfortunate for this conference. The only team that kind of isn't getting that vibe is Washington State, which is, they freaking destroyed a. Stanford last weekend was it last week? Holy cow! I don't even it was know. A few what week weeks it is. ago. Okay, yeah, that sh- shows you how much sleep I've gotten. So Oregon is coming off a uh, 42-21 win against UCLA. UCLA. Um, last game that they dropped was against Washington State. Uh, oh, excuse me. Actually, they lost to Arizona. That was when they dropped out of the rankings. So mm. they're on a one-game winning streak um, after dropping two straight. So. Uh, I mean, I would like to think that the Utes have a good chance. They're going to have to change their offense quite a bit, though. Well, not only did they lose Tyler Huntley as their quarterback, they also lost 
um, Jack Tuttle. Yeah, Jack Tuttle <laughs> transferring a few weeks ago is I. Me and him were talking earlier. Like you just got to wonder what his mindset is now, knowing that he could have would have gotten an started. opportunity to get some playing time. Yeah. This year. It's so so. Who knows? But that happened. So and he could have still redshirted, getting that yeah, playing time because there's only three games left. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but next man up, and that man's Jason Shelley. I still don't know what to expect from him. I liked what I saw against Weber State. I didn't get to see a whole lot from the game against uh, Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that Utah kind of started to panic and uh, was making a lot of deep throws downfield yeah. um, when he didn't have great opportunities, even though they were running the ball very well. And he's also not as elusive as Tyler Huntley, so yeah. he got hurried a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's heartbreaking for Tyler Huntley. I mean, um, he left the field with tears running yeah. down his face. I mean, it's just it's gut-wrenching for a kid like that who was having a season that a great he season. was. He's a captain for the Utes, um, putting together – Really good numbers, and just he's leading his team to a good opportunity. Um, it, it's it's a bummer. Yeah, it's too bad, and it's the plus. The, like the the positive side is he's still super young. So, like, he's he, a junior, so he has a senior year still. Oh man, crazy. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with him, but you know, it's, luckily it wasn't his throwing shoulder. Yeah, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh. A team that does not have a quarterback problem. The only team that doesn't have a quarterback problem in the state, Utah State. Whoa, don't pump the brakes there, dude. Yeah, knock pump on wood. Pump the brakes. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> uh, Jordan Love left yesterday's game before halftime with an injury. But you don't. we don't know what it is? We yet? don't know what it is. Oh. Matt Wells never said what it is. Oh, interesting. Um, it's been speculated as a concussion. Other people have said that it was a knee issue. And that he was just held out because they were up by a large amount. Which they were. They were. I think it was 28-3 to at halftime. Um, So they didn't really have to sweat uh, that game. I mean, Hawaii isn't the Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii looks more like the Hawaii that played BYU than it did the first (laughs) six weeks of the season. Um, In fact, they look like uh, they're just ready to go bowling or something the way, which they still need to win another game before they go to a bowl game so what i so i really think that he sh- he's okay unless it's there's some kind of conspiracy no, I, I don't know i think that he is okay um but despite him getting injured utah state picks up his eighth straight win well they look at all the weapons still there i mean yeah darwin thompson though i i've said it before utah state has the best running back core i think um in the state with him gerald bright um the other guys, I forget their names right now, but yeah, Darwin Thompson and Gerald <clears throat> Bright are just such They're a talented just, one-two punch. They were running all over Utah. Uh, those two combined for 262 yards rushing. Crazy. Um, the Aggies had 400 total. That's wild. well, more than 400. Sorry, 426 total yards, seven rushing touchdowns to one passing seven. touchdown. One passing touchdown. They only threw the ball 24 times. Wow. I mean, if you got your run game going, then why would you throw it? Yeah, and I mean, Hawaii's so bad defensively; they were going to run over all over them all day. So, yeah. um, really good win by the Aggies to go out there. Hawaii's a hard place to win. Yeah, because you're traveling so back far, a couple time zones. It's so far. You get out there and you just want to chill. You like your mindset isn't usually to go play a football game. It's yeah. a tough place to play, and Hawaii's been better this season than we've seen in years past. Um, still not the same team that uh, uh, they were at the beginning of the season, but right. Um, that's a good hard-fought win for the Aggies, and uh, they return home. And they're gonna pick up their ninth win. Yeah, they're gonna face San, San Jose State. I don't expect Love to even play. San no, Jose I, State's I think bad. you. I think you probably hold them out and yeah. uh, let uh, let. Uh, Columby go out and yeah. get the reps and get some experience and um, you know save him for Colorado State and Boise State because those are the yes. games that matter. Um, you got plenty of workhorses that can carry the load for the entire game in your running back core, even in your receivers. Your defense is great. I think, uh, yeah, I think Love stays. I don't. I think he doesn't even dress. I think he just 
chills and watches the game from the from the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's a sophomore. You don't want to rush him back. You don't want anything to happen like yeah. what happened with Chucky Keaton where he was hurried back a couple times mm-hmm. and just wasn't the same quarterback that he was before. Um, but, yeah, uh, Utah State has got two games circled on its calendar out of the three games left. It's not San Jose State next week. It's uh, Colorado State and Fort Collins and Boise State and Boise. Yep, they gotta win those games if they wanna. And those are gonna be the tough West games. Conference championship game. We it's saw tough to win in Fort Collins, and it's tough to win in Boise. Yes, it is, and we saw that happen on uh, Saturday night. BYU, zero and five on the Smurf turf. Yikes! Zero and five. And I always knew that that was a tough place to play. Not we're not gonna get into this right now, but a lot of people I've always talked to people had conversations about whether or not BYU should go back to the Mountain West from Independence. I saw a statistic somewhere that BYU and Independence is like, I don't know, like, I'll have to look this up, but. Here, I got it. You got it? Yeah, I think you probably saw my tweet. <sighs> uh, since going Independent, BYU is 7-13 overall in rivalry games. Two of those rival, quote-unquote rivalry games uh-huh. are in the Mountain West. Two and four against Boise State. Two and four. Five and three against Utah State. Five and three against Utah State. So they've beat Utah State more than they've beat Boise State. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just their kryptonite, Boise State. They just know how to beat them every year. Even even when, like, Kellen Moore was, like, the quarterback and he was awesome, like, they still beat that good BYU team. Um, and I, I feel, I got to tell you, I feel really bad for – Zach Wilson. Oh, I feel terrible. Well, I mean, and just kind of going back with, like, this history of this game, um, I think out of the five games played at Boise State, four of them were one-score games, and four or three of those four were one-point games, um, where, like, they literally came down to the final play. Yeah. Um, Much and like, that happened uh, last night, yeah. is it Much came like... down to the final play. And, I mean... BYU's young. I get that. Yeah. Inexperienced offensive coordinator. It showed last night. Yeah. It was, I mean, some of the decisions made down the stretch were absolutely mind-boggling. BYU has gets the ball with just over two minutes left, calls a screen pass to Matt Hadley, and he gets be, deep into Boise State territory. Yeah. BYU was, like, on his own, like, 18-yard line or something like that. The pass went for, like, 50-plus yards. They call some great plays, get into the red zone, and all of a sudden, they just have an absolute brain fart. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. So, Matt Hadley, after his screen pass, limps off the field. Yeah. Um, they bring in Squally Canada for a couple plays. They go empty set. Who limps for onto a couple the field. Plays. Yeah, who limps onto <laughs> the field. And then all of a sudden, Zach Katoa enters the field, who hasn't played all game. Yeah. Only got one carry against uh, Northern Illinois the week before. If he's not healthy, why is he getting time? In this crucial point now, or if he is healthy, where has he been he the entire before? time? Yeah, yeah. And so he uh, he uh, fortunately had a good run, um, but then so he picks up like eight yards. I want to say on his it was either six or eight yards on his run. It was uh, like an off tackle sweep, mm-hmm. um, and then he comes off the field and they bring in Matt Hadley and he still is like winded and like limping. Yeah. He doesn't look right. They bring in uh, Matt Bushman to block. He's when what what we've heard all season or all preseason is he wasn't getting playing time because he doesn't run a block. They run to Bushman's side. He gets blown <laughs> up, like literally pushed three or four blown yards up. backfield. Yeah, and his guy makes the tackle. I, please tell me that that guy was a linebacker. If I it was like a, a corner. defensive lineman. Oh, okay, good. So, and then guess what? They literally run the exact same play to the opposite side. The play, now I will say this, the play was blocked very well besides Bushman. If he does his 111th, Matt Hadley has a chance to score, or BYU at least picks up the first down and Mm -hmm. they can spike the ball. Um, But they then decide to run the ball the exact (laughs) same play to the opposite side, so it's literally flipped. Hadley's lined up on the right side, Bushman on the left, Bushman gets blown up again. Okay, so... They're down to fourth down now. Um, they call. They bring out uh, empty set, five wide receivers. Okay. 
Zach Wilson drops back, looks to pass. He scrambles, picks up the first down. Um, there's nine seconds left on the clock, so they stop the clock uh, to set the chain, set the ball, gets it, spikes it. There's seven seconds left on the clock. That's time for two plays. Two plays. Okay. You, t- you take a shot for the first one. Yeah. You take a shot for the end zone. You run a quick slant. If it's not there, you overthrow it. Okay. BYU comes out with um, a two-receiver set. Actually, excuse me, a three-receiver set. Boise State calls timeout. They don't like what they're seeing. So they go back out. They go max protect. Eight guys are in the box. Two tight ends, a running back, five offensive linemen, two wide receivers. Yeah. Okay. Still with seven seconds left. Play gets blown up, and guess who it is? Matt Bushman getting pushed backfield, forces Hurry, Zach. Zach Wilson up into the pocket. He isn't able – well, he just panics, and he doesn't throw the ball away. Right. He holds he on to it. He would have had one more play. He holds on to it because he's trying – he's been running for his life all night. All night. He had, He was sacked seven times. He's trying to hopefully at least extend the play. Maybe yeah. the receiver could get open or something. Yeah. So here – I have a couple issues with this. Okay. One, the play call. If you know you need to throw into the end zone, why are you going max protect with two wide receivers? You need at least three or four people going into the end zone. Right. Run a couple crossing routes or something or an underneath route or like a quick slap from the outside wide receiver. The slot receiver runs an out and tries to get in. If it's not there, you throw out of bounds or you can throw it to the guy, pick up a couple yards and he runs out of bounds. Right. Um, But. I mean, I'm not a football yeah. coach. Well, I, I mean, like get you, paid a lot less than a football see, coach. See, I was I was thinking similarly to you. I was saying like, you you empty the backfield. Yeah. You stack the left side, for example. They put a one on one right guy. side because that's the okay. That's the um. So I mean, stack the side. right side. The only reason why I say stack the left side is because you put one on one your best receiver, your tallest receiver, your yeah. biggest receiver, whatever. Someone out one on one, then you just you know either jump ball it to him. Throw it where no one can get it except yeah. for him, kind of thing. Yeah. You spread the like you stack the field on the other opposite side, one on one on the right, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, or like throw a quick slant, like really quick. Maybe you could get an an extra play in there with the two, yeah, uh, dead balls. Like I don't know, but. Whatever the case, it seemed like Zach Wilson didn't know to just throw it. To stop Which the this is my second problem. If no one told him that he needs to throw that ball away because they have a chance to make two plays, that is a huge coaching error. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge coaching error. And he said afterwards that he wasn't told that. He wasn't told to throw it away. Yeah. Okay. So this is a huge indictment of a rookie offensive coordinator right? who isn't telling his quarterback to make so- that play. A freshman quarterback. That probably has so many things going through his head. Oh, yeah. Emotions. He's playing against the team that he's formerly committed to, that he was about to sign to before he ended up switching to BYU Mm -hmm. when they came in at the 11th hour. Um, The coaches need to be on top of it. You're saying basically he's a rookie that made a rookie mistake, but the coaches that are experienced should have told the rookie, look, the shot's not there. You throw it away anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I, so the, I totally that's agree. on one the offensive coordinator, who needs to initially have that message. But mm-hmm. he's a rookie. The head coach needs to be in that huddle as well, be involved with that. Absolutely. And he needs to pitch in too. So how is BYU going to put out this dumpster fire right now? They they need a line that can block. They need. It, we're in November. You know who's their who they're going to play in November, right? Playing UMass, New Mexico State, then Utah. They are going to get freaking ran over their O-line. So here's what I think. I think BYU has changed its blocking scheme up front. Okay. From when Tanner was playing quarterback to Zach now playing quarterback. They're running more RPOs, I've noticed. So there's more like zone blocking schemes. This is something that they went away from because they were doing mostly power blocking Mm -hmm. um, when Tanner was quarterback because it was a ball control offense. These guys can power block. They can run the ball but these different blocking schemes I mean and it, it may just be a one game sample but changing this up mid season yeah is very difficult and I know that they want to play to the strength of Zach mm-hmm. but at least like keep the same basic concepts or something so then you're not having to cross train your offensive lineman on an entire new 
entirely new blocking scheme yeah. halfway through the season. And and uh, also, like besides that, you know, if you're gonna play to the strengths of your quarterback, you got to remember your weaknesses of your quarterback as well, uh, which is something you already mentioned. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I would say UMass is a gimme, but we it's saw probably what happened not. last year. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. It's I'm not looking forward to this month because I'm just glad that um, that we don't live in uh, Massachusetts this time of year because <laughs> it's going to be so cold. Oh, it's going to be so cold. It's going to be so cold there. I mean, hopefully uh, those guys have pack extra sleeves and some uh, hand warmers and stuff because it's going to be a miserable game. Yeah. So shout out to any fans who are going to brave that, especially with the season that BYU's had. Oh, yeah. Um, got some real, uh, got some real pride in your team if you go to that game. But B- yeah, BYU season comes down to this game. They should beat New Mexico State, no problem. Yeah. If they don't beat UMass, they're not going bowling because there's no way they're beating Utah. No way. I I thought that it would be great if BYU at least put on a show against Utah. Mm-hmm. I really don't think that's going to happen. I mean. Jason Shelley being the quarterback does change things up a little bit, but that Utah defense is so good. And they still have Zach Moss. Yeah. Who's just an absolute beast. No matter who hands him the ball, Mm -hmm. he's going to run for 200. Um, Yeah. So uh, as we transition from that, let's go to NFL games. Let's hear some tips from you, Zach, because my freaking fantasy team got destroyed today. Uh, Mine won. So uh, I think it's perfect for uh, me to actually start giving some tips. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk a couple NFL games, locals in the NFL, stuff like that. So let's go. Ugh, Mariah. Shout out to 90s Mariah. My, oh my goodness. goodness. Mid-90s Mariah was probably primetime Mariah. Oh, yeah. Primetime. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, okay, so let me give you guys a couple tips. Uh, you guys know I'm all in on the Browns this season, okay? <laughs> Nick Chubb, okay? He's only... Oh, actually, you know what? He's been picked up a lot. Never mind. Previously, he was in like 20% of leagues. Um, and I've had him since the beginning of the season. And then uh, the uh, the Browns traded away Carlos Hyde. Wow. Um, so uh, I've had him for a while, but he scored 16 points for me today. 85 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um, let me give you some tips of guys that you might be looking to move. A.J. Green. Uh, looks like he might be out for two or three weeks with a uh, toe injury. Uh, he's on my team. He had a bye this week. So... Didn't really do anything for me, but looks like he might not be doing anything for a few weeks. And then uh, if you guys are looking for an opportunity to get um, with this whole Pittsburgh Steelers running back situation, (laughs) um, looking for an opportunity to uh, pick up a good running back, you might be able to get either um, Le'Veon Bell or uh, uh, James Conner. Supposed to come back. Yeah, so, like, Le'Veon's supposed to come back. So, like, I had, like, a buddy in my league, like, three weeks ago offer me, like, James Conner on the cheap, cheap, cheap. Like, uh-huh. super cheap. Like, I think it was, like, my fourth or fifth wide receiver for James Conner. And I was like, uh, taking that. Yeah. And I've had him for a few weeks still because my nice. friend thought that Le'Veon Bell was supposed to come back. Yeah. So, you're going to be able to move either of these guys on the cheap. Depending on what happens. Obviously. Well, here's the thing is it's so up in the air. People think Levian are coming. Levian is coming back. So, if he is, then people who have James Conner are going to want to get something for him. Right. If he's, but people who own Levian are getting very antsy. Right. They want to get. They want to get something for him because they haven't gotten any production from him all season. You know what? Like actually, beginning of, the arf <laughs> of my season, Levian Bell was picked up first round, third pick, I think. And, and uh, yeah, that sounds about right. He uh, was announced to be out. The guy that owned him held on to him. He held on to him for like six or seven weeks, then started getting antsy from week seven on till about now, which I think we're in week, what, week nine? We just mm-hmm. finished week nine. 
seven through nine, he's been passed around to like three or four different teams. Crazy. Because no one like so so they would give up a big trade for him, find out he's not gonna start, get antsy after that week, and then they'll offload him. And that's kind of what's been going down. So this late in the season, do you think if Le'Veon Bell does decide to play, are the Steelers gonna be like, nah, screw it. You you sit. No, James Conner's been doing They're the gonna job. run his freaking legs into the ground because they want every dollar that they can get out of that contract. Mm-hmm. They want value and he, they're going to make sure that he gives them value. Yeah. And so they're just going to pound the ball with him. He's got fresh legs. James Conner doesn't have fresh legs. Yeah. Um, he's been running hard all season. So they're just going to pound the ball with Le'Veon Bell. Sounds about right. And then they're going to move him next season because they're going to be able to move on, but they're going to get every dime that they can out of them out of this remaining contract. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's hard to tell what's going to happen, but James Conner and uh, Le'Veon Bell, they're uh, uh, running backs to watch for sure. Um, One thing I kind of want to point out as we uh, are still in NFL before we move on, um, one of my favorite moments from today was in the uh, – well, you're there's thinking a few. something else. There no, was yeah, there was a few. Um, <clears throat> Seahawks with the best celebration of the day. A By far. A dance with like six guys. I have to say, I watched it probably like 50 times. Oh, it was fantastic. On loop. Here's my favorite moment, though, that was like kind of something that like people didn't really, might might not have noticed, but mm-hmm. following this whole storyline with Taysom Hill, obviously he's a local guy with mm-hmm. BYU Connections. Um, I've been watching a lot of Saints games. Plus, they're good. They're fun to watch. Yeah. Well, following the whole Taysom Hill storyline, um, Sean Payton, the head coach, loves him some Taysom Loves Hill. him. Like, he's like a freaking kid on Christmas morning opening up a Nintendo 64 back in 1996, like, with, with Taysom Hill. Like, yeah. he is the new toy that he gets to have all his offensive genius just, like, unloaded just, upon yeah you just use him yeah he's just everywhere yeah he's riding him into the ground he's lining up at slot receiver wide receiver quarterback running back tight end yeah anywhere well fourth and one Taysom hill was just in at quarterback he was stopped a yard short after uh, on a rpo so it's fourth and one cameras cut to sean payton on the sideline and he just has this smirk on his face, uh-huh. looks down at his play sheet, sends the play in, and the ball goes to Taysom. It's a pitch from Drew Brees to Taysom Hill, uh-huh. going left to right. So Taysom's rolling out right. It's supposed to be a pass back to Drew Brees, but the defense actually covered it really well. Mm-hmm. Broken play. Taysom ends up scrambling for nine yards downfield, <laughs> and it cuts back to Sean Payton, and he has the biggest grin on his he's, face. He's loving it. He's loving it. And, like, not only like that, they eventually beat the uh, previously the Rams. Rams. They were eight and zero entering this game, heavy favorites. Absolutely, but no one goes down to the swamp in New Orleans and wins. I mean, it's just a tough it's place to wild, win. Wild, even for the Rams. Yeah. Um, great. That was game. a great game. And you know what? Like, since we're still in fantasy, like Jared Goff, I played against him today. Dude drops 31 points. Oh, my goodness. I can't in believe the loss, it. In the losing I, effort. I thought I was going to win because I had Chicago as my defense, and they they made, they made scored 28 points. Yeah, here's here's another tip. Whoever is playing the Bills, <laughs> pick them up as a defense. Safe, yeah, Nathan safe Peterman, bet. I actually read this article earlier. Nathan Peterman is the worst starting quarterback in goodness. NFL history. He throws interceptions 10% of his pass attempts. Let me ask you this. What happened to Josh Allen? He hurt his elbow. Okay. So he's working his way back, but like he might, he just started throwing, I believe, on Friday and he threw again today. Wow. Um, but he might not be back for another, probably not this upcoming week, but the next week. Jeez. Because he's this huge prize quarterback that they took in the first round. So they want to be careful with him. But yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, Ugh. That's that's a good tip. Nathan Peterman. Whoever's bad. playing Nathan the Peterman's Bills. like really bad. <laughs> Did, wasn't he like? It's like he, Kevin Malone on the office. He's like, where he's like, it's bad. Dude, I was just gonna. It's real bad. There was like, what was the game where Nathan Peterman threw like six picks or something like it that? It was a playoff game. Okay, that is like the equivalent of Kevin spilling chili all over yeah. himself. That is exactly the thought that came to mind. Yeah, head. Nathan Peterman. He was actually a decent quarterback at Pitt. Yeah. Um. In fact, he played with James Conner. Wild. At Pitt, and yeah, he's just. 
his game doesn't translate. But man, it's um, it's scary. Let's uh, let's move on to something that actually is pretty scary, though. Yeah. Uh, you you were just telling me about this show, uh, and uh, yeah, I want to hear you tell me a little something something about it. Freaking love this song. So what's it from? I am watching currently The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. And it's like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, so if you remember Sabrina the Teenage Witch, remember that show with Melissa Joan Hart and the good messages that it had and the funny family vibe that this is not it. This is like really closely related, but it's a darker take on that same universe. Um, it's based on a comic um, by Archie Comics. Oh, cool. But uh, they did like a series of like horror based comics okay. in, in the same Archie universe. It's pretty wild. Called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, it's It basically focuses on her like uh, satanic religion and like her aunts, but it also mixes it with her obvious backstory of her being half mortal and half witch. Um, and it just talks about all the adventures she goes through. It's pretty gory, which I find pretty awesome. It's so not is like, it like TV MA TV 14. Yeah. It's T it's more like TV, uh, maybe 17. I don't okay. remember. Um, it's not so MA there's no like nudity or anything in it, which is nice. Good. Cause um, like, I'm pretty sure like half these kids are underage. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, the, well, in fact, Kiernan the main Shipka girl actually is looks... like Kiernan Shipka who yeah. played, um, uh, Sally on uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. Um, so she was Dawn's daughter and like, it's so weird to see her grown up because yeah. I just know her as like little Sally. Well, she's like 18 or 19 in real life. Right. Yeah, in but the like show, she started she, Mad Men when she was like six. Yeah. In the show, she plays a 16-year-old. Okay. So, uh, it, but it's like all the, if you remember like TGIF or whatever Sabrina the Teenage Witch was on, it's all the same characters. Like okay. Sabrina Spellman, Harvey Finkel or whatever her boyfriend's name is, Hilda and Zelda are her aunts. But there's also some new characters like her cousin, um, Ambrose, uh, and they all talk about basically – um, the things that she has to go through being half mortal and half witch. In fact, the first couple episodes talks about her satanic baptism and it's interesting. It's really cool. Like, cause like you actually see Satan and then there's like this part where she like gets bad, like about to get baptized. Did, is in he blood. just like a normal looking guy or is he like no. a devil with horns? Or yeah. Like, he's like a okay. giant goat man. Basically. Oh, interesting. No, it's cool. There's like, it's super dark. Um, kind of scary. And I love it. I just love it. I'm almost done with it. I think there's like, oh, how many episodes? I think there's like 10 or 12, and I'm basically on the last episode. Okay, cool. So the word on the street is that when they green-lighted the show, Netflix ordered two seasons right oh, off the cool. bat. So instead of waiting for one season, then seeing how it did to order another one, they ordered two back-to-back. And uh, so the second one, they actually slated to record it after they finished recording the first one. So they, they shot the first one. Went right into the second one. Oh, cool. So the second one should be coming out sometime soon. Yeah. I wouldn't imagine it coming out later than next, the beginning of next year. Okay, cool. Um, really cool series. Uh, lots of great characters and some familiar names that you've probably, you probably remember. Kind of a blast from the past thing. But I dig the whole dark take on it. And Kiernan Shipka's great. She's really good as No, Sabrina. she's talented. She was awesome as uh, Sally Draper in Mad Men. And I'm a big fan of her. She's a talented young actress. Yeah. So if you if you haven't seen it, go and go ahead and binge them. Each episode is like an hour long. So okay. Uh, really good content. I so love it. I've uh, I've been hitting the Netflix wagon hard. Um, yeah. What are you watching? So, House of Cards is back. Ooh, Sam's out. Kevin Spacey. Sam's Kevin Spacey. Um, how did they explain that? Because they didn't really. So let's go. I'm gonna give a spoiler word. Spoiler warning right now. From the previous season. Um, well, do you want me to go into what's happening now or? Uh, yeah. So spoiler alert and then talk about how the last season ended and then where they picked up. Okay. So the last season ended with um, uh, President um, 
Oh my gosh, what's his name? President Underwood's wife. Underwood. Sorry. So Frank takes. Well, Frank has to leave the office. Um, Claire, as the vice president, becomes the president, and it's basically like leaving up to like, is she gonna pardon him or? is like what's going to happen okay well it's fast forwarded several months and i also i'll give my prediction why i think that this has happened the way it has based on like everything that happened around kevin spacey in sure. life um you're fast forwarded several months uh frank underwood's dead okay um it is kind of showing claire uh president now president um post funeral and everything that's been happening and um, she's very unpopular. Hmm. Uh, people don't like her. There's an assassination attempt against her. Wild. Um, there are political groups, huge super PACs that are unhappy with her because she's different than Francis and they feel that, uh, she should be keeping the promises that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically like where I'm at so far, they're trying to find out who killed Frank. Oh, okay. Um, because they just said that he died in his sleep. But she doesn't believe it. But she doesn't believe it because he was involved after he was ousted as president. He got involved with some very powerful super PACs. Um, and because of that, uh, these people are like kind of out for blood. Mm-hmm. And so they're involved with some stuff against Claire. Um, Claire is kind of battling against them. So uh, very interesting. And I feel like I almost think that what originally was going to happen is um, the show was going to move forward with Frank getting ousted and him getting involved with these super PACs. So uh-huh. all this stuff that they were saying has happened was originally what was written, but they skipped forward ahead to after his death. Gotcha. That they wrote into the show because of that. And now they're kind of filling you in on the details with what's happening now and introducing these new characters, but they yeah. aren't going back and showing him at all. Sure. In fact, they um, can't. <laughs> yeah, they they actually they showed a picture of uh, Claire with his body, and it didn't show his face. So obviously, it's a very obvious uh, body double, but like the ghost of like what Frank what was, was in Claire's life is still haunting her, and was she's it, trying to overcome it. Let me ask you this: Was it pretty smooth the uh, reveal that he had died? Like, it's it's in like the first like two minutes of okay. the show, so that's kind of cool, actually, a cool take because like I do like the whodunit type style of presenting a story where like you start with the death, you start yeah. with like the aftermath, then you work backwards and run it back. Yeah, I really and, like, like they that. aren't like doing flashbacks or anything, but sure. like by introducing new characters or talking about things, it's kind of it's more it. and it's so, more piecing it back together. So that way. it's kind of very confusing at the beginning because all these characters are in such different places than they were the last time we saw them Uh um, that we're trying to, you're trying to piece together. Wait, did this happen before? Why did I know? When did this happen? Yeah, exactly. But cool. um, I'm about halfway through happy with it so far. Um, I'm hoping to finish it this week. We'll see what happens. We'll see if I got time the next couple of days, but um, Um, it's actually another, I got another couple of shows I've been watching. Um, the uh, I'm a big fan of like documentaries and okay. like I love anything that's gonna talk pop culture oh, and like the significance of pop culture and everything like that. And uh, so I was scrolling through Netflix one day and I saw the CNN documentary the '90s and it oh, had a yeah. picture of like the Seinfeld characters on the front of it. And I go, huh, this looks pretty cool. So I dove in and started watching that. I watched like the first. It's an eight-episode miniseries. How long are each episode? episodes? Like 40 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Um, I watched like all eight episodes from the 90s in like a day. Nice. Um, it was awesome. Um, Does it go through like this episode's about pop TV culture? This yeah, episode's yeah, yeah. about pol- politics? Yeah. So okay. um, like each – so they have started this with the 60s. Um, they've done 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and now the 2000s. Was 90s the first one you saw? It was. Oh, so you're so, going to work backwards now. Yeah, like. so the 70s through 90s are all on Netflix. Okay. Um, the 60s is not. The 2000s is not. So I watched the 90s first, and it was awesome. So they talked about the TV culture and how it changed and, like, how Law & Order pretty much, like, changed TV because it was the first time that, <coughs> excuse me, um, very adult topics were, like, right. introduced to TV, like, murder, rape, stuff like that that uh-huh. were introduced into 
non-cable TV. Mm-hmm. It was a network television. Um, they talked about what they thought was the death of the, of the sitcom with um, the end of Cheers um, in the early 90s. Uh-huh. Um, but then I think the golden age of the sitcom personally with, like, came in the Seinfeld. 90s with Seinfeld Friends. and Friends and um, um, like a lot of the the shows like um, Full House. And, yes. Um, Steve, uh, Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matters. Like a lot of those. All the TGIF kind of started, like, type. The, yeah, the TGIF type shows. Yeah. Um, and so like Married with Children. Yeah, you know, you yeah. get the gist. Yeah. So um, really cool. And then they went through like music. Um, it's like they, heyday of hip hop. Was yeah, it mostly hip hop? Yeah, it was grunge. Okay. They said grunge had the biggest impact of anything, which I agree with. Sure. Um, they went hip hop and then country and then kind of like into pop with like the late like pop boom of like the Backstreet Boys and Sync sure. and which is more Spears, early which is 2000s. more like early 2000s yeah. but it kind of introduced like this wave came in for sure and it was about to happen and then they did everything with like um, George H W Bush and the Clinton oh, administration yeah. and everything that went through that and like they did a huge long episode on like the whole Clinton scandal with Monica Lewinsky yeah. and. Which um, is, like, crazy because no, people have forgotten about it's it. It's the craziest thing ever. <laughs> and, like, they did a huge episode on, like, domestic terrorism, which I had no idea from, like, That's true. The string, like, from, like, 1996 like to Yeah, the Unabomber um, and uh, Ruby Ridge up in Idaho yeah. and then Waco down in Texas. Waco. And um, I forgot the about thing I was those, absolutely blown, about, blown away about was the uh, – sorry, this sounds like a pun. It's not very poor pun on my part, but um, – very poor choice of words, but uh, the bombings in Atlanta at like the yeah. Olympics and abortion clinics and stuff like that, like crazy, crazy. And then it ends. The final episode is OJ, which is like right. the biggest moment in the '90s, in my opinion. You know, it's it's wild because it was like a lot. Well, of and bombings. Columbine too. Columbine. I think Columbine started. The that... two biggest moments in the '90s are OJ Simpson and Columbine. Do you think? Well, Columbine, it was just because it was unprecedented, really. Well, here's the thing. Like, people still refer to this day, we live in a pre-Columbine society and a post-Columbine society. That's true. Um, because now in the post-Columbine society, I mean, it, seriously, unfortunately, it it seems it's like a, lot. a shooting happens, a major mass shooting happens, like, every six months or so. Well, I feel like all the major shootings that you and I remember are all post-Columbine. Yeah. Like... Yeah, we don't have to name them off because we don't want. I don't want to get. No, like, we don't want to get into this. But. but yeah, it's. I mean, just think about it, and you can think of three shootings that, off the top of your head, and then if you think a little longer, you can think of more. Yeah. But um. But the, yeah, they got into the OKC bombing and. Wild. Um, it just it really interesting stuff that like, so much happened in the '90s. Um, with everything, it was really interesting, and so I went back and watched the '70s, and that was crazy with like. <laughs> I mean, I thought the domestic terrorism in the 90s was crazy, right. but, like, the Weathermen was a terrorist group, like, in the United States that, what? like, I had no idea about. And they were, like, bombing apartment buildings in New York City Wild. and just, like. Let's see what else happened in the 70s. Like, I can't So even they think. talked about, like, Vietnam and kind of, like, the introduction of, like, TV and, man, some of the stuff that was allowed. I mean, it's just weird to see some of the stuff that was allowed on TV that, like, you can't even say it's so taboo nowadays. Yeah. I'm not even going to go into it, but gay slurs, racial terms, stuff like that is on network television. You would never hear anyone utter anything like that Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hate speech, and it was on TV regularly. Dude, even Um, the 90s, And they talked about, like, the Cosby show. Yeah. And how that pretty much, like, changed everything with, like, like having a whole black family, like, on TV. Right. It's crazy. And like the 80s, I was just getting, I'm about halfway through that one. Um, By the way, have you heard the thing where they talk about how the thing, someone said that the biggest thing that bothers them about the Cosby show was, it was called the Cosby show, but his name was Cliff Huxtable. Yeah, that that was a, (laughs) uh, that that was on SNL. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, imagine if Seinfeld was about a guy named Cliff Huxtable. (laughs) Shout out to Michael Che. That was funny. Yeah. Um, So good. But, uh, yeah, I, I've been watching that I'm about halfway through the 80s. Right now they're talking about the uh, AIDS a- epidemic, which I think okay. is just absolutely fascinating that um, how it just exploded. Yeah. And I think in just a matter of months, over a 1,000 people died from AIDS before they were able to kind of figure out what it was. So yeah. it's really interesting. And 
I very much recommend it if you're into that type of thing. I love it. Um, another recommendation I got, this is my last one. Uh, if you guys are into horror films, yeah, check out Shudder.com. Okay? Shudder.com. Shudder.com. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Okay. Um, it's a horror streaming service. Um, like Netflix. Ne- like Netflix, but for horror movies. Okay. Um, if you go, so you can get two months for free. <laughs> Um, instead of two, so they normally they not offer a, a two-week free trial. They normally offer a two-week free trial. I went on there and used a promo code from another podcast from The Ringer. <laughs> uh, it was rewatch, okay. just in case anyone wants to use it. And then I went and canceled my membership because I didn't want to get charged. And they said, "Are you sure you want to cancel? We'll give you a free month." So I took the free month, ended up getting two free months, and then canceled. <laughs> and so now I get two free months of Shutter. And so I've like been going through and just watching like. Watch like American Psycho, okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's like the all the good one. ones and also like all the garbage ones. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of really good. They have a good. Okay. They have a good selection. Um, because I I would watch on I sw- I forget. There's like some app. It's, that I used so to it's watch. with AMC. Okay. So like they have the rights to like some really good movies. They have the original cool. Halloween. Um, and that's why I got it because I wanted to. Because you the saw Halloween. the new Halloween that came out. recently. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to watch. It was Halloween day. Yeah. When I got it, and so I was like, it's Halloween. I want to watch Halloween. I want to get spooked out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I did it. By and, the uh, way, did you finish American Psycho? Yeah. What did you think about it? Uh, Real quick. So. Weird. Emma asked this because I was talking about it the other day when I was like halfway through and I was just like, this is a weird movie. It's a weird show. I almost feel like the whole movie is kind of like a fight club type thing where like he kind of imagined like everything. In his head. And it was all in his head. So you don't think he killed the people that he killed? No, I think that it was all in his head and like the doodles in his book were like him imagining it playing out. Interesting. Um, that's just my opinion. I even like kind of looked online to like see if I could find like any theories about it. I didn't yeah. dig too deep, but I didn't see anything else about that. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I'm sure people have thought that before. Man, I'd have to watch it again because I only saw it once and I thought instantly in my head, I thought it was a commentary on like narcissism kind of thing. But yeah. I don't know. Well, and it, it is, but I just feel like for as far as like what Sto- occurs like, in the movie, like storyline, like I just feel like, you know, in 2018, my perspective sure. is that it's about someone with mental illness. Very well could be because um, they don't really say like, yeah. Well, yeah. it's just like the whole ending, like he's killed all these people and he confesses to it. And then everyone's just like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah. And every people keep mistaking him for other people. Yeah. And so it's kind of like Fight Club in that way where, like, um, the unnamed main character, like, people know him as Tyler Durden, but Tyler Durden sure. is Brad Pitt. And, like, it turns out that he's just a guy with a split personality. Uh-huh. And anyway, it's just – it's crazy. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I think that'll do it for Sports Beat After Hours today. Um, stay tuned. We got a lot coming up this week, including the high school championships – or. 3A, 2A, 1A championships. Championships slash. 6A, 5A, 4A semifinals. So um, we're going to recap all that. Uh, Keep your fingers crossed for me this week that my wife doesn't go into labor because we have a crazy week. And we Um, can't not have Zach because we will be toast if he leaves. Yeah, so, uh, babe, if you ever hear this, please just wait like another week, please. (laughs) Um, But for those of you who are listening, uh, for real, share this with your friends. Uh, help us grow out so we can do more and uh, yeah. expand our expand our reach. Check out our new website. Hema mentioned it earlier in the podcast, kslsports.com. We have a lot of cool stuff from the RSL game, yeah. um, a lot of really cool graphics that Hema's put together, um, hu- uh, recaps of all the high school action over the weekend. And the college action. And the college action. So um, Yeah, and, like, yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. Tweet at us at kslsports on Twitter. Um, I'm at Zach Hicken. Hema is at Hema Hemuli Jr. And uh, if you think we, there's something we should watch too, I'm always down for like new things to watch and just tweet us at. Yeah, like I'm sometime in the next little bit. I mean, I'm going to have a kid, but my kid isn't going to remember any of this. Like, I mean, <laughs> first thing that we're doing when we get home from the hospital, we're sitting down and watching The Godfather. My wife thinks I'm joking, <laughs> but I'm not. Like, this kid's going to know like who Don Corleone is, yeah. you know? No, it'll be awesome. He's going to respect it. But, uh, yeah, so thanks for staying tuned. Thanks for supporting us and watching KSL Sports. I am your host, at Hamahim Mooley Jr., and your host, at 
Zach Hicken. Uh, co-host. Co-host. Oh, yeah, co-host at Zach Hicken. This is Sports Beat After Hours. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever it is. <laughs> We're keeping that. <laughs> <laughs>